And that's why I think it's done the way it's done so far is it kind of gives you kind of more of an integrated view of how you're doing, not just from a silos, cycles of, you know, cardio, strength machine, something else. It's all integrated into one. So when you look at your velocity, you're also looking at your balance at the same time. When you look at your power metrics, you're looking at your balance at the same time. It's all integrated into one view, one app, one screen, and you really know real time how you're doing. Hi there, welcome to the Business Side of Fitness podcast. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, I leverage my two decades of experience in the fitness and wellness industry to have meaningful conversations with the movers and shakers behind some of the most well-known and innovative brands in our industry. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Sveriano LLC. To find out more about working with me, click the link in the show notes. And now the time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story and it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Rab Shinable, co-founder, CEO, and chairman of the board at Oxfit. With a career spanning 25 years in technology, Rab has led and worked with some of the most elite industry leaders in the technical arena. Welcome to the show, Rab. Hi, good to meet you as well. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to connect with you and to dive in because you have Wow, a really impressive background. So let's kick things off with you just introducing yourself and a bit about your background and what led you to found or co-found Oxfit. Great, thank you. I'm Rab Shinabli. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Oxfit. My background has been engineering all along, uh, building different disruptive companies in different tech spaces. It started uh, in the telecom side on the voiceover packet back in the late 90s and moved into the data center space with the most recent exit uh, early 2020 uh, for a company called Affirm Networks at the time that was acquired by Microsoft that does a lot of cloud infrastructure and uh, packet core technology for mobile traffic. I really ventured into Oxford uh, is really through uh, just thinking about this whole area of wellness. And I refer to it as wellness because it's not just uh, uh, another gem equipment. It's, it's, it's an area where I've always struggled with, and it's an area where I've always thought there's got to be a smarter way to give the athlete, the client, the consumer, the patient in a rehab clinic. Uh, the data that makes them think differently about wellness and and get them to actually perform the exercise or the rehab and actually understand how their body reacting to the particular exercise. So uh, I met my co-founder, Dr. Peter Newhouse. Uh, He comes from the robotics side, uh, very well published uh, 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 robotics, uh, mechanical engineering uh, fellow. And we were talking about the space and, and really we started thinking about, you know, what can we do to make it you know, more intuitive, make this whole wellness space more intuitive, easy, accessible to everyone, but at the same time, make sure data is a principal part of it. So people actually see how they're performing as they perform the exercise versus the typical 
thing you hear from uh, from uh, from someone that's actually working out with, as in lift more, do it faster, etc. Uh, but instead, let the data drive kind of your workout along the way. And there are, that's really what drove the beginning of Oxfit. And we launched it early 2020. And it's been a great run so far. Okay. I have to be honest. One of my big beefs with fitness technology and everyone that listens to the podcast has heard me ask this question and you know, it's how, how do you get people, the everyday consumer to understand the data and actually care about it? Because, you know, we're so many people are using wearables, they're collecting this data, but they don't necessarily understand what to do with that data and, and what it really means. Yeah. The challenge, this is a great point. And uh, by the way, total agreement with you. And I think this is kind of one of the key differentiators uh, for Oxford. The typical solution out there, whether it's a whether it's a cable machine or a bike or a treadmill or a, whatever it is that has data associated with it, typically they give you a silo type view into how you're doing on that particular device. Uh, and it's the obvious things with heart rate and so forth, but they never really give you an overall assessment of how you're doing under load because for starters, a lot of them are lacking this whole principle of force plates. And, and I think this is really important for the average consumer to understand how they're doing. So one of the one of the challenges people face as they actually perform the workout, sometimes you do not recognize any sort of weaknesses ahead of time. So instead, you know, you're potentially lifting the same weight, but but a lot of people sometimes they end up compensating uh, on the weight. So if you have a weakness, let's say on the right side, you're compensating on the left side. So optically you look great, you're performing the exercise, you think you're fine. But in reality, either you have a bad form, so you need a machine to show you that you're not balanced. So you can try to correct your form. But if you're still compensating, chances are you're compensating because you have an underlying problem that you should actually do a timeout go check it out medically, make sure you're okay before you just continue the exercise and possibly causing an injury. So that's a key principle in our design is we made sure it's not just a strength machine. It's not just a cardio machine. It's a strength machine. It's a cardio machine combined with an integrated force plate. And that's what the excess one is about. And that's why I think it's done the way it's done so far is it kind of gives you kind of more of an integrated view of how you're doing, not just from a silos cycles of you know cardio strength machine something else it's all integrated into one so when you look at your velocity you're also looking at your balance at the same time when you look at your power metrics you're looking at your balance at the same time it's all integrated into one view one app one screen and you really know real time how you're doing and what are people doing with this data? For example, are they taking this to a chiropractor? Are they taking this to a physical therapist? And are they saying, hey, like, you know, when I'm performing these unilateral movements, I'm I'm noticing an imbalance. Like, what do people do with that information that they're imbalanced? Because most people do have imbalances, right? That's a very common thing. And instead of sh- continuing to strengthen your imbalance, you want to correct it. And so how does that work? Correct. So, so what we did when we started the company, uh, the first product actually we launched was XP1, P stand for professional. That was in August of last year. And that was really targeted for purely the 
sports teams, the rehab clinics, the colleges of the world, et cetera. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure we create the right science to perfect for the professional space, because these are the folks that are looking to the detailed level of data and also to learn for us as a company to learn what sort of things people can do with the data. So that's why I did not take the easy path. We did not want to go after the consumer to start with. I said, if we can do it right for the professional space, chances we can pull all that functionality across to the XS1, and now that any any day consumer can have the same tools that professional athletes have. So we spend quite a bit of time hardening a lot of the tools and the data to simplify it in a form that anybody can understand. Now, you say, what can you do with that data? So now we brought all these tools to the XS1, the consumer machine. Now that data, we made it available in a way where you actually literally could PDF it and email it to your therapist. You could send it to your coach. You could send it to an orthopedic surgeon. Let's say you're coming back from a procedure. So it's not just you interpreting the data. You want to get the data in the right hands to give you that feedback. A trainer cannot just necessarily tell you how you correct your balance. They're going to try to help you correcting your form. But that same data should be also looked at by an actual PT, physical therapist, to see if you actually have an underlying problem. Instead of you making yet another appointment with a PT to see you do the workout, now you can take the data straight off the exercise, the same exercise your trainer looked at, and just email it to everybody that you wanted to look at. And now they can give you real-time guidance to say, hey, you're okay, just continue to work in your form. Well, well, you know, we really need to go check that knee out or whatever the issue is. So, so all the athletic data that we had to perfect in the professional space, now it's available to everyday consumer on the XS1 machine. And how do you communicate the value of that to the everyday consumer? Because that's one thing that I always struggle with in the fitness industry. I feel like we don't necessarily communicate the value that we have to offer to the everyday consumer. And then we end up going to the old reliable, you know, get lean and tone, get fit for summer instead of really communicating that unique value prop. Yeah, so so from day one, we also built the ability to do a two-way communication. So one of the things that's I think unique about us as well is, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we do that, you know, you, you dial up to a class and you do a live class, pre-recorded class. That's a lot of people have that. Uh, but we also enabled again due to the professional space, we had to allow for a two-way communication. So actually now at some point your coach could actually pop in on your screen and watch you do the actual exercise like they're actually standing next to you, see the data and actually help you interpret the data real time. So you can actually either adjust your workout or he or she can adjust your routine by reducing weight, focusing on your weaknesses versus your strengths and et cetera. So with some point as you get that real time communication happening, all of a sudden the consumer is is a lot more educated on that data and they start using it better. And down the road, where we're going to take this to is at some point the data will drive new workouts. So one of the things that I think is really important is the intuitive aspect of the interface of Nexus One is as you actually work out, the machine learns your body, learns kind of the things that, that you enjoy doing, what you're working on, but all the time it's going to start slowly recommending exercises for you. So now it's going to be self-guided. So as you do your assessment, and it recognizes strength and weaknesses. Now it can 
recommend exercises that can help you with your weaknesses. So all of a sudden the machine slowly becomes kind of part of the coaching. So, so it's a self-learning. So you really, you focus on your workout and let the experts, whether it's actually a coach or whether it's the machine itself, do the hard work to give you recommendations as to what to do next. Wow. That's really interesting. So there's a lot of options. So take us through the full customer journey, if you don't mind, so that we can really understand how it all works. Yeah. So a customer journey is typical customer journey is, is, is really the get assessed on the machine. And some cases the, you know, let's say they are what I call medium level expertise. In some cases they may know what they want to do. And in that case, we have this whole option of what we call freestyle mode. So they get on the machine, they apply a weight to the deck, the floor, or to the vertical. And using that weight, they start doing their workouts and, and look at their data. But the normal day-to-day -day consumer that doesn't have that level of expertise, they get assessed. And really, they have multiple ways to start working out. They can actually do sample workouts, so already pre-built for you. And you say, hey, I want to use this for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because it focuses on these muscle groups. And I want to use this other routine for Tuesday, Thursday, because it focuses on these muscle groups. Or you can dial into a class that's already pre-recorded. So you don't have to actually join a live class if you feel more comfortable. Just a pre-recorded class, so you have the ability to pause it. So actually, literally, you could be middle of workout. And let's say, you know, if you have kids running around and you had to pause it instead of starting over, you could literally pause the class do what you need to do, get back to the classes, slowly get familiar with the machine. And there's classes all the way from, again, remember, uh, we're a device that's not just cardio. So we do rowing, kayaking, canoeing, paddle boarding. Then we do all the strength exercises. And it's going to be the first motorized home Pilates machine as well. So you're not going to get bored uh, per se. I mean, you literally could stand on the force plates and do a balance, balance class, you know, where you just truly do nothing but exercises focused on balance. And then as you get bored with it and you want to switch to uh, curls or a rowing or a kayaking, it's all embedded in the same machine. You don't have to go to yet another machine, to another app, to another subscription. So, so the journey starts with getting assessment. You can sample workouts. You can look at pre-recorded classes. And at some point, you can join a live classes. And at some point, you can subscribe with a trainer where the trainer does one-on-one -on -one training as well. Lots of op options there. So... I'd love to understand the reasoning behind including an assessment. I really love the value of an assessment. I think that's kind of like your baseline and that's how everybody should start. But a lot of fitness offerings and, and especially at home do not start with the assessment. So why was that your starting point? Yeah. So, so it's not a, it's not a have to right? It's an option, right? So I just want to make it clear. So people can get assessed or they can, like I said, they can jump straight into working out. I just think, you know, listen, I'm a, uh, at my age, I love to get assessed. So let's put it this way. And I think, you know, uh, it's nice to, you know, things change, right? You take a trip, you go on a run, uh, you wake up with a bad right shoulder for some reason. And, 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 why not let the machine tell you what's actually possibly is happening, right? So, so it's an option for you. You can get assessed or you can jump straight into working out. So assessment does not have to be a first step. Uh, I just think having the ability just to do basic movements and let the machine tell you kind of strengths and weaknesses that it knows, noticed since yesterday or since last Sunday or whatever you got on the machine last, 
I think it's pretty valuable. And now think about the kids, your kids, my kids. They got to play a soccer game and and something happened. Wouldn't it be great also to see, you know, kind of post-game, pre-game, did they evaluate the same? I mean, I think I just think there's a lot of value in that. Now, and it's not a pure medical assessment. It's more of just general kind of, you know, how you're moving, limb length, limb angles, movements, muscle groups, and giving you kind of indicators of differences, literally session to session, day to day, week to week, whatever the period is. Right. And I think that also as I get older personally, right before I just wanted to move harder and faster. Now I'm in my forties. I want to move smarter. I want to keep this machine going, right? I want longevity. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Yeah. Really, really good point. And this is, you know, that, you know, everybody, if you ask uh, a typical fitness machine equipment, they'll give you that age group that everybody knows about, but really to me, and I, I related this a big principle for our design. And again, this is why force place was very fundamental to our design is wellness is for everyone. It really is. I mean, if you have balance issues that are coming up, you want to know way ahead of time before you can actually go anywhere on your own. So, so having this whole, you know, this machine is targeted for this age group. I, I fundamentally have a problem with that. I mean, I think, I think, I think everybody wants to get healthy. Everybody wants to stay active. And and why buy a machine only if you fit in that age group, right? I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's uh, whether uh, your goals is body lifting, uh, I mean, bodybuilding or uh, going up the steps to pick up your grandkids or whatever it is, still get on this machine and do some workouts and have some fun. So at what point did you decide to incorporate Pilates into the machine? Because it's really interesting. You're talking about working with professional athletes. You're talking about working with the everyday person. You're looking at the machine and thinking, oh, this is a strength training machine and it has cardio incorporated. And now you're coming and incorporating Pilates. And I just love to hear the thought process behind that. It's been there from day one. This is really a key. Again, when we when we did the professional machine, it was a pure strength machine. That's a machine that lifts 547 pounds. It's for the all kinds of professional athletes, again, all the way to the PT type space. So as we start thinking about pulling all the tools to create the access one, one of the things that I have always also challenged in my own home, when you walk in and you walk into your gym room and you got to a bike and a treadmill and a cable machine, a dumbbell row, and you got all these different things. And and then someone wants to go to a Pilates studio uh, because Pilates are machines are way so expensive that you can't afford them. And so it's like, well, the basic principles are the same, right? So why do we have to have segregate systems? And every single machine has its own app. And back to the data point you brought up, every machine brings you different data points, and sometimes they don't even come close to each other. So from day one, uh, Pilates made sense because at the end of the day, when if you think of the weight resistance and how we do it today for the XS1, whether it's strength or cardio, it's controlled by a software. The Pilates movements can be the same way controlled by a software. Instead of using springs, we're actually using cables. And in fact, now you can actually use your Bluetooth uh, Oxdot to be able to increase and decrease the force. So, so all of a sudden we can make Pilates accessible at home. You don't have to have, 
you don't, I mean, you can go to a Pilates studio. You could actually potentially have an excess one there doing Pilates, but also you could have it at home and dial into a Pilates class. So all of a sudden now, again, it becomes a lifestyle machine. If you're interested in rowing, if you're interested in strength, if you're interested in just anything, Pilates, it's the same machine. So hopefully every member of the family uh, will find something they like to use. So when we think of connected fitness and just all the changes that we've gone through over the last few years in our industry and just our world in general, I think that, you know, we're starting to see some connected fitness companies not make it right. They perhaps experienced success during lockdown, but now things are are shifting again back to the in-person experience. So how is Oxfit uniquely positioned to kind of weather the storm? This is a, a it's perfect for us because, uh, as I mentioned early in our session, is uh, if you remember what I talked about early on, we started with the professional space. And uh, it's probably the biggest uh, uh, advantage we have. So, one of the things when you go into a gym environment or an athletic team or a, a rehab clinic, there's a lot of hardening you have to put in the hardware and the software. Because think about it, instead of a family of five using their machine, now you got a team with 100 athletes on it, or you got a PT clinic with 50 patients, or you got a consumer gym with 1,000 members. It just takes a different design to, to handle that kind of traffic. So what was good for us, while everybody was excited on the people that just built home machines when the pandemic was, in, unfortunately, in a full speed, now that people want to get back to the gym, there's not really a lot of choices out there because you can't just take a... a people that build systems for just homes and kind of hit a reboot button. And now I can take it to a gym or I can take it to a PT. It just doesn't work that way. It takes time. And, 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 and we've done all of that. So for us, we actually have probably as many uh, on the professional side that are buying the consumer machine today as actual consumers buying the consumer machine. Because we really, we call it a consumer machine just because it limits the weight from 500 pounds to 250. We added cardio and Pilates to it. We want to keep the XP as a standalone strength machine uh, targeted for, again, uh, professional space. But in reality, you know, there's people that bought the XP for home because they want to train like the professional athletes. And there is gyms and rehabs that bought the excess for their facility because the software base is the same. Uh, the hardening we had to do in controlling the motors uh, the interface, the UI is all the same, whether it's family of five or a thousand users. So we are weathering the storm because our solution is targeted for both to start with. So as people now getting back to the gym and they're having to make choices, the gym owners having to make choices, we're pretty good choice. So that's why we're growing at a rate that's uh, phenomenal. And from a sales and marketing perspective, how are you connecting with that direct-to-consumer clientele? And what are the points about the XS1 that it's really resonating with them? Yeah, it's it's all about, uh, you know, so the connection has been probably in the strategy of building the company day one. One of the things that I'm very proud of is uh, from day one, we chose a different path to the funding than probably a typical including the three other companies I did myself. Uh, in the early rounds, there's a lot of appreciation and the equity as the companies it becomes successful, as you as you know. So we really end up funding most of it through just 
particular professional athletes and sports medicine personalities uh, that have huge followings in the industry. And that came extremely handy for us because, and, 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 and I'll just be very clear, I mean, most of the ones we announced so far, and there's several that are coming, not a single one was paid a dime by Oxford. Right. They're all actually invested in Oxford. That's key because they really believe in the technology. They, they want to be associated with the real tech. That's becoming, they're part of the family, uh, being great members of the family, and they continue to promote, promote our product. And that's helped our numbers quite a bit because, you know, when you're associated with the professionals, again, whether in sports medicine or in athletics, that just gives instant validation. Now, the differentiator is, uh, is really pretty basic. You can look at the economics and you can see that we're probably the most cost effective, but you can look at the tech and you're buying one machine, one app versus buying four or five machines, four or five apps. So it's really, I mean, obviously I'm on this side, it's a no brainer. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a good ride so far. We've got a long way to go. Don't misunderstand me, but, uh, it passed every target I've set forward uh, for myself, uh, for the company. So, Rab, you're really dealing with two different types of clients, right? You're the professional athlete is motivated, right? They have to perform. And so then you're dealing with the direct to consumer, the everyday person, which isn't necessarily motivated uh, or, or, you know, required to perform physically. And so how do you ensure compliance and utilization for the everyday consumer? Yeah. So, so the other thing, you remember, I talked to you about the two-way communication, so one of the things that we're going to be releasing soon is gaming aspect of wellness. So you and I get to know each other. You got your access one, or you happen to be in a gym that has access one. You walk up to it, you scan your subscription barcode. All of a sudden that machine becomes like your home machine. Let's say I'm in Dubai somewhere. I do the same thing. And you and I start rolling. You expose your data to me. I show you my data. We pick the river venue and start rolling against each other. So all of a sudden, we're performing a cardio exercise for the benefit of just fun. Yeah. So, so I think gaming is very fundamental to, you know, making wellness available to everyone, because I think you're right. You know, the average person saying, I got to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I got to show up to this class. Some may get into it. They may get into it in the summer because they're trying to whatever, or they may get into it because they got a wedding they're going to. Now they're going to get into it because it's fun, right? It's gaming. It's it's no longer, I'm not showing up to work out. I'm, I'm actually going to get a workout, but but I'm going to compete with my neighbor or I'm going to compete with uh, my college buddy or my kids or friend of mine, et cetera. So we're going to, we're going to introduce three experiences. Uh, we call them experiences uh, this year, all centered around gaming using the machine. And we're just going to continue to release games over time. And that's all, what's cool about this, that's all in software, right? So there's zero physical change to the machine that people invest in. That's just an update that comes over the Wi-Fi and people have access to it. I love that because that encourages community and it encourages accountability, right? If you're used to rowing with somebody, all of a sudden you're not showing up, you know, it's like, Hey, where are you? And it appeals to people's competitive nature, which a lot of us are competitive, but you're kind of anonymous. You can hide behind your screen name. So you still get that appeal without um, being intimidated. And with the depths of exercises we have, it doesn't get boring, right? So you're not always going to get on a bike or whatever. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's whatever they say you want to do ski erg with someone cross ski uh so now instead of me and you rowing we could be skiing you know or whatever it is right so it's uh you can switch it up over time so it's not going to get dull right one of the things that i'm very interested in is accessibility so how can we make fitness and wellness more accessible? And in the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned that that was something that you were struggling with your personal yeah. wellness. And so how does Oxfit, you know, solve that problem? Yeah. So, so accessibility has a lot of aspects to it. One of them to me is, uh, you know, the, 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 the overall ecosystem has to be intuitive. So to me, for starters, you, it has to be simple to use, right? If I if I have to be an, an athlete to be able to understand it, chances are I'm not going to use it, right? It's going to be very simple UI, and I think we've designed one of the best UIs I've ever designed. And 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 the teams we have a, just a fabulous engineering team that's done a phenomenal job of that. Uh, so you actually do not have to know the name of the exercise. That this is a back squat with this twist of it and that tells you how much i know about exercise but it's it's all intuitive it's all in the ui and i do my workout i went from being spotting my workouts that i do it religiously every morning and because it takes 20 minutes i have a brilliant uh, exercise scientist she she looks at my data she actually works here and she changes the workout and pushes it down and i show up to my screen and i had to start and i just do my workout and i'm done and i feel a lot better and and um, but if you are a consumer that don't have that ability with working with someone, uh, you could do it yourself because there is free suggested workouts, right? So if you want to do uh, posterior workouts, if you want to do anterior workouts, if you want to work in your arms, it's all suggested for you. It's pre-canned and you can try it. And if, by the way, if it's light load, you just hit that plus sign, the load goes up. If it's heavy load, you hit the minus sign, it goes down. The machine has a lot of safety in it. So you know, I don't have to have someone spot me, for example. So we have this whole concept of virtual spotter. So, you know, again, back to accessibility, right? One of the challenges when you work out and you're trying to lift weight, you always worry about what happened, right? If I can't deal with it. Well, we have we have functionality in the software. If it knows this is your speed, slow down to a point where it looked like you're pinned down, it shuts off the weight. So literally it goes from 250 pounds to the weight to the bar under a second. If you twist the bar, it shuts off the weight. Uh, so it's got a lot of safety things that from a, for me, it just makes me much more comfortable to venture into new exercises without having someone standing there spawning me. Oh, that's a great point. I have a teenage son who thinks he's Hulk Hogan and works out in the backyard. And sometimes I cringe thinking, oh my gosh, this kid's going to hurt himself loading so much weight on the bar. So I love that safety feature. So you're relatively new to the fitness industry. You have an extensive business background coming into this industry and into this world. Is there anything that you were surprised by that you encountered? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm new to the fitness industry, but I'm a software background engineering uh, person. So to me, the same principles apply, you know, at the end of the day, any sort of tech is all about engineering problem solving so your software architecture stays the same. Guess what? All these routines that I was talking about, they're controlled from the cloud. Well, the last cloud company we did was acquired at a nice premium by Microsoft. So that doesn't change the fact that it's fitness space now. Uh, the thing that I've been really surprised with is 
how even some of the people that are thinking about this new space of going to a weight resistance type instead of, you know, the traditional plates and they're still thinking in silos. To me, that I just don't understand. I don't get, so I'm going to go into my home machine that, that my home, my home gym that had maybe four or five different things to do different things. And now I'm going to replace it with four or five different things that are new technology. How does that make any sense? I mean, I, I, I'm really being surprised with that. But I think that goes back to rushing, trying to get to the consumer space that I think you, some people really missed thinking about the big picture, which is when people move forward and, and really want to look at a disrupting a technology space, they want an actual disruptor that actually makes it real efficient, uh, uh, real, you know, you know, easy to use, uh, much more cost effective, much more forward thinking, not to replace a box with another box. Uh, that's just a prettier box. And that to me has been very surprising that people kind of been thinking that way. And certainly that's not Oxford. That's a great point. I feel like it's kind of like, you know, that that gold rush, people saw that opportunity. They scrambled to take advantage, knowing that it might potentially be a quick fix and not something that's a long-term solution. Rab, if somebody wants to connect with you or they want to learn more about Oxfit, how can they do that? There's two ways. One of them is the go to oxfit.com. Uh, they can sign up to a virtual demo and uh, and we're happy to literally, we do a virtual demo with people and we, we do you know, double digits a week of people that actually with, work with our trainer. They show them all the features and functionals. Uh, they can follow us, obviously, at Oxford Inc. Uh, but and when we're also welcome people in person to visit us as well. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate your time. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If it brought you value, please subscribe, review, and share the Business Side of Fitness podcast. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.